Look, our brains are great at lots of things, but remembering passwords is not one of them, especially not secure passwords. Let's free our brains from being password managers and get something way better. 1Password. One 1Password one keeps everything private and in sync across multiple devices. 1Password can't see the passwords or sensitive information you store in 1Password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, and neither can anyone else. I've been using 1Password for about 10 years now, and it's made my life so much easier, especially using it with Touch ID and Face ID. It's the first thing I install on any new phone, computer, or tablet I'm using for myself or my family. And all you have to remember is one strong account password that protects everything else your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. And I love that something I use to save me so many hours I can't even count them all is something you can try too. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash beyond for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash beyond. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash beyond. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I am sharing a conversation I had recently with Amber De La Garza, where we talk specifically about time, daily planning, and time-blocking strategies. If you're like me, you know that there's only so much time in the day, in the week, in the month, in the year, and sometimes you feel guilty about what limited amount of stuff you are able to get done in that time and have time for other things that aren't just getting stuff done. This conversation will give you some ideas on how to approach getting the right things done in that limited amount of time. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Let's face it, if you've listened to podcasts, you've heard an ad for FreshBooks before. But what I want to point out to you is that FreshBooks, the online accounting software that makes it easier for you to send and receive invoices, has you, the user, in mind. They have redesigned their system from the ground up. They've taken a look at how FreshBooks users were using their software and then redesigned it to better suit those users' needs. In other words, they took a look at what features people were using more and made those more prominent and beefed them up, etc. So they've redesigned the whole thing to work exactly as you work, and now you can get paid more simply and be more productive and organized when it comes to one of the end goals of productivity, which is getting your work done so that you get paid. Listeners of Beyond the To-Do List can get a free 30-day unrestricted trial. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash T-O-D-O and enter Beyond the To-Do List in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash to-do and enter Beyond the To-Do List in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Go try FreshBooks out. You hear me and others talking about it all the time. Now is the time to go try it out, the brand new version. Get in there, get paid, and get organized. Thanks again to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Enjoy this conversation with Amber De La Garza. 
Well, this week, it is my pleasure to bring to you, to the show, uh, Amber De La Garza. Is that, did I say it right? Did I say it too quickly or? <laughs> uh, no, I think you said it great. De La Garza. De La Garza. Amber De La Garza. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So for those that don't know you, how would they have maybe come across you before other than your soon to be releasing productivity podcast of your own? Yes, I am. I'm getting ready to uh, release Productivity Straight Talk. But other than that, I blog regularly about productivity. I am a speaker and coach regarding personal productivity for entrepreneurs. So I'm really in the space niching specifically serving entrepreneurs, even though all the information about productivity is applicable to anyone that wants to improve their productivity. I really love serving business owners. Awesome. Yeah, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. But again, productivity is not just for entrepreneurs. It's for everyone. We all want to get more done or get the right things done. And in fact, that's a good leading question here. How do you define productivity? Because, you know, inside the word productivity is produce. And some people think it just means you're getting more done. Right. Absolutely not about getting more done. We'd all be exhausted and nobody would want to be more productive. I believe productivity is investing your best time into your best activities. And so to be productive, it's our job to figure out what our best activities are and what our best time is and and invest in those as frequently and consistently as possible to get the results we want, which is achieving our goals. So if I hear you right, you're saying metaphorically, it's not just about driving more, but it would be driving to the right place or driving to arrive at the goal that, you know, the work was supposed to get you to or right. even learning a shortcut to get there quicker. <laughs> you know, I've also been often been asked like, okay, so how did you become a productivity specialist? Or how did you get into the space of productivity? And I'll be honest, like I didn't wake up like thinking productivity by any means. Like I honestly don't think that's a common word for most people. Uh, they may say I want to achieve my goals or I wish I had more time or they're saying other things, but productivity is not often the first word that comes to mind. And I, I have realized over time, like, I really love being productive, talking about productivity only because it's the easiest, quickest way to achieve your goals. So it's it's the results that being productive gets. It's not that I just love nerding out about productivity. So in other words, you're all about productivity and talking about it and learning about it because it's a means to an end. Perfectly said. Great job, Eric. Okay. That's exactly what I was saying. I like that. I like that because I like to decide that, you know, I want to be this person who's responsible for this and and, and then follows through and, and actually is that person. Or, you know, I, I again, I want to be able to decide what do, what do I need to do with my time? But more importantly, what do I want to do with my time? And then have that those line up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes have you realized that sometimes that's the hardest question to answer for people, right? Is that we want to be productive. But when I sit down with my clients, identifying what their highest value activity is, or what activities it will actually take to do consistently to reach their goals, like that in itself is an exercise that in itself is discovery so that we can make those choices regularly. And that's actually a really good place to start because I really want to do kind of a deep dive on time. It's often not that we don't have enough time, but it's that we let our time leak away. You know, we've got a certain amount of it per day and we only have that certain amount, but it 
you know, if we have a leak in the boat, water gets in and then suddenly we're sinking and the time is getting away from us. You know, how do you have clarity about what you allow to have claims on your time? Time is, as you know, like our most valuable asset. It's our most valuable resource. And we often hear sayings like, I don't have enough time or I feel overwhelmed or there's just not enough time to get things done. And there's there's comments that are made that are reinforcing that feeling of not having enough time. And the truth is, is that, that most people really, truly feel that way. But there's a reason they're feeling that way. And I generally find that it roots down to that they're overcommitted. They want to do too much at once instead of being laser focused about achieving a specific goal. Uh, not being able to say no, they're saying yes to everything, whether that's um, a combination of um, opportunities in their business or family commitments, children commitments. Uh, they're saying yes to themselves for health. And a lot of those yeses are admirable. Like they, they are good things. But when we say yes to so much, there's a time where we end up feeling like we're redlining, right? Like, oh my gosh, I cannot take on any more. So the first thing that I really recommend to my clients is to just take an inventory of where is all your time going? Because often when you're saying that it's like a leaky boat and time is just going away, uh, I can have conversations with entrepreneurs or business owners and ask them what they did yesterday. And they look at me like a deer in the headlights. Like, what are you asking me? I'm like, no, seriously, what did you spend your time on? And unfortunately, they've been reactive to their environment and just playing like, you know, firefighter all day with, you know, problems and whatever comes into their world that they really don't know where their time went. Your specific question rather was how do you know when you are spending the right time? And to answer that as concise as possible, it's really knowing what your goals are and then identifying the activities that are going to get you closer to your goals. I would assume then that the next step is aligning your goals with what you allow to have appear on your calendar, correct? Absolutely. And your, that your goals have to be in sync with each other. I'll give you a little story. I uh, had a client that I was coaching and that person said, you know, I really want to be home more nights of the week, dinner with the family. I've got a six-year-old son, a wife. Like this is a, this is a goal of mine. And then on the other hand, his goal is to, you know, double his income and revenue in his business. So we go to do his block schedule and he's telling me he can take appointments up until seven o'clock at night. And I said, okay, what time is dinner? Oh, dinner's like at six. And I said, okay, now you have two goals that are clashing with each other because you're saying that you have to work till seven to reach your goal of doubling your income. But you're also saying you want to be home for dinner and, you know, show up in a different way with your spouse and your, your child. And so it's really, uh, you know, reconciling that and, and putting a priority on your goals and figuring out a way that you can work more effectively and efficiently within the time so that you can serve both goals or renegotiate the goals. Maybe it's not going to be doubling his income this year because family is much higher priority. And so that conversation starting with it, like getting really real about it, because I think sometimes we talk about productivity, we talk about fixing solutions and like, okay, that didn't work. Maybe that didn't work. But until we get to like the real root of maybe actually our goals are clashing with each other and there's really no way to say yes to both, then what do you do? That's an excellent point. That goals clashing, that's really interesting to me because I know I've done it. <laughs> I know most of our most of my listeners probably have done it too. And you think I've to yourself, I've done it as well. Yeah, I mean, you think to yourself, 
these are good things that I want. Why can't they go together? Why can't they work together? Well, it's not that they don't go together, but it's probably the fact that starting something up or moving, you know, moving into a better habit routine and and probably it's more than that. It's probably more than two goals. It's like three or four goals. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like what what's my plan for the year? Well, I want to do this, 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 and this. And well, come on, that's too much right. stuff to be starting. You can't expect to turn your life around overnight. So it's going to take time. Pick the one thing you want to get a handle on first, and then add the next thing. You know that it has to be more natural in terms of re-engineering your approach. To be honest, I absolutely, Eric, that is so true. And, you know, like you said, like most things like we're doing, like we want to, you know, be at our kids, you know, little league games and we want to, you know, serve at the church and we want family time. And then at the end of the day, we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm out of time. Like, I feel overwhelmed. I can't squeeze one more thing in. And we're not showing up anywhere at a high level because we're exhausted. And so with time, I think that it's really about, you know, saying I only have X amount of time. Where is it best for me to invest it? And then that's it. And then also having uh, when we talk about time is that every time, every minute of your day does not need to be planned. Like some of the best minutes of the day need to be that buffer room that you have to give yourself a breathing space or to relax a few minutes or, you know, not cramming something in every single minute of every day. Yeah. So in other words, being a guard, if you will, to your calendar and not allowing everything to go there. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com 
slash beyond. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you a quick example. Yesterday I was at the office at 8.30. We had an event after work um, at the office that I was going to attend till nine o'clock at night. I had a space in my calendar for about an hour and a half. And I laid on my couch in my office for 45 minutes for my lunch period. Like I knew I needed to kind of reinvest in myself and take a breather so that I could really enjoy the, the activities later in the day and that I could be really focused on my appointments that I did have as well. And that was the best use of my time, even though I had a to-do list longer than my arm. I'm sure of it. I know it. But I really just had to take that moment and be like, okay, what's best for me and this time that I have? And it's really was taking a break. That's a great point. I don't do that enough. I used to do that more when I had a home office, but I've kind of switched to uh, at least temporarily. Soon we got the soon we'll get the house back, fingers yeah. crossed, or the new house. But uh, working in a co working space, and there's just not really a couch there to lay down on. So right, oh you know. bummer. Yeah, <laughs> I you know what? I don't do it often either, and I'm I'm only using that as an example because I did it yesterday, but. Oftentimes, that's something that's missed, and I think that's missed for a lot of people, that we're go, 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 trying to feel every minute of the day and not always being as purposeful with that time. Yeah. What about if we've already filled our calendar up too much and we need to start eliminating things that shouldn't be done or shouldn't be done by us specifically? Yeah. So it's like the big D list. Either you delete or you delegate, and both of those are difficult for many people. And it seems like, oh, just delete it. It should be easy. But we have often emotions or responsibilities or we made a promise to somebody. And so just to say I'm not doing it or I'm not showing up to that meeting or I'm not um, participating in this activity anymore uh, can be challenging. But I really recommend finding your voice. Like what is your no? How are you comfortable saying no? I always use this as an example. Um, my husband, he would just say no and look at you like that's his no. And for me, my no is no with an explanation. I'm overcommitted and at this time it's not a high priority or at this time I really need to refocus on X, Y, and Z. Like I feel like I have to give a reason, not an excuse, but a reason. And so I don't think there's a right or wrong way to say no, just to find our way in which we're comfortable once we've identified those items that aren't serving us right now. Meaning you could recommit later down the road, but right now it's causing us more stress than it's, than it's helping us get to our goals. Gotcha. So back to the story where you were t- talking with the guy and he wanted to be home for family dinner, but he also wanted to double his income or his goals were clashing. So he'd have to decide, well, which one's more important? Obviously, I would make the call that the family's more important. And, you know, maybe you don't double right now, or maybe you still try to double, but you get the family thing locked in first. And then maybe you've got more of a peace of mind because your family thing is, you you have a stronger connection to your family. So then suddenly the doubling your income thing makes even more sense to do because it's like, hey, I want to do this for them without taking me away from time with them. Right. So, yeah, it goes back to the goals, in other words, right? Yeah, and it's not as simple as saying, okay, I'm just going to change my schedule because the stuff doesn't go away. So what's the solution for that? And for him, it was an aha that there simply isn't enough time in the day. He hired an assistant and he leveraged an associate to be able to take um, when he's booked on appointments more uh, than he can take in a day that he can leverage um, have someone else going out on his appointments. For him, that was an aha. He doesn't need to be the only one going on appointments, whereas he had always been his entire career. That was because we took away all of the noise. And I literally looked at his calendar and said, it's this 
or this. Look, they're sitting right next to each other. What's your choice? Okay, family. Okay, now let's go into solution mode. We're recognizing that we need X amount of appointments a day and they can't fit in before five. What's another solution? And then coming up with a solution so that when he is sitting down at the dinner table with his son and his wife, he's present and he's there and that it's 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 a more than a band-aid it's an it's a solution that can stand the test of time right like it's an ongoing solution to just say okay make a better choice and you make a better choice like there are some people that are honestly and i believe they're listening to your podcast because they're seeking for this information but they are seriously redlining so when you tell them to like just cut something out or you know if you organize yourself in this other way like your world's going to be great again no it takes hard choices it takes looking at how you're spending your time uh just like a diet like you can't just wish your way to losing weight like you need to really be on a clean diet you need to get to the gym you need to make hard social decisions that you're not you know going to every potluck every weekend productivity is the same way like you need to make kind of life habit changes to get the results you're looking for well, once you've had those goals and you've kind of re- you've reassessed and you start looking at your calendar and you're spending more time in that calendar, you need to spend more time reviewing and previewing your day. I know you've got something called the daily planning pavers. I'd love to walk through this a little bit as kind of the oh, next step. Absolutely. So I have five steps that I call the five daily planning pavers. Uh, this just out- gives you an outline of what to review and how to review and prepare for your next day. I think that this here, this one action and habit of reviewing every single day will get you more into the being more proactive than reactive. Uh, Just feeling like you're conquering your day instead of the day conquering you. My assumption is that when I speak these right now is that you're reviewing at the end of your current day. Now, I don't think that there is a huge difference whether you review at the end of the current day or the beginning of the next day. So as long as you're not taking it home and it's all like stressing you out when you get home. If you can literally leave the office and go home and then you're just prepping your day, the morning is fine as well. There's a lot of salespeople. There's a, there's a lot of jobs that they don't end their day the same time every day or they're not in the office at the end of the day every day. So I just want to say that just make this work for you. But the first one is we're going to review our current day. And so I want you to look at the appointments you went on. I want you to read through your notes that you took for yourself with any means that you have been in. And I want you to use this as a trigger to capture any tasks that you need to get into your task uh, management system. Is there a follow-up from the appointment? And so sometimes we're running so fast that we need triggers to remind us. And so it's either, you know, your notes or looking at your calendar. So just capturing anything that may have come up for you when you're in your day that you may have not gotten into your task management system. And then number two is to review the following day. So tomorrow, you're going to read review tomorrow. I want you to look at your calendar. What appointments do you have? Is there any prep work that needs to get done? Do you have to get into the office a little bit earlier because you have an early appointment? Just asking yourself, is there anything that I need to do to prepare myself for a smoother day tomorrow? And then number three is doing a mind sweep or maybe like a brain dump, just anything and everything. So we used a couple triggers already, your current day and your next day. But what are all the other things that can come up that you need to get into your task management system that you want to be reminded of to get done? I've done this and remind and like at one time I remembered I needed like chicken broth at the grocery store. Like it could be as random as that. 
but it's getting into the habit of asking, is there anything else that I need to get done or now or later and put it in my task management system? And then number four is that once you have a full inventory of what it is you need to get done, prioritize. And I think, Eric, you can agree with this. Like, it, this is what it all boils down to is prioritizing because we all have a task list that's probably too long to get done on any given day. And so taking your task list and prioritizing it against your goals and maybe some deadlines that come up, uh, really determining what you're going to focus on and in what order. And I have found that by prioritizing, when you get to your next day and you get a random email that gets you off track or a colleague walks into your office or an appointment runs later, you're able to like look right back at your list and start right where you, you left off. And then, and then you go to your next appointment and you come right back to it and then you hit number two. It's kind of like your guiding light. Like every time you go about your day and then you go back and you're trying to hit it off like a mini goal to get all of your tasks done um, based on priority. The last one is time blocking. And for the bigger tasks that are high priority, I think you need to find the time on your calendar and determine when it is you're going to be doing it and then sticking to it time blocking it because we might have three to five tasks that are priority. And what if you have three or four meetings that day that again, they're in conflict with each other. You can't show up at three (laughs) or four meetings and get three or four high priority tasks. And so for a lot of people, the vision, just the visual act of saying, okay, I'm going to do this task between 10 and 11. Oh man, I have an 11 o'clock. There's no travel time. And then, you know, looking physically looking at it, gets you more realistic about what you can get done and then ensuring that you're really focusing on what needs to get done. Well, and the time blocking thing, that's something that, you know, I've struggled with and had certain successes with in in my own life personally in in various forms, you know, there's different ways of doing that where it's either literally you've got an appointment that's just you working on your stuff marked on your calendar, you know, so you've got that time block on your calendar so no one or nothing else can claim it, whether you're using 20 minutes to 90 minutes, the kind of, you know, the long focus time, and you're even maybe using like a Pomodoro method to do time chunks within that time block. Those have all worked for me to varying degrees. I think it depends, though, what time of day, right? You know, I think we are all master negotiators. And what I mean by that is you have an 11 o'clock with someone else, like a potential client, you're going to show up, right? There's like really generally no renegotiations. And if there is, you reschedule. But something happens around having an appointment with yourself, like you said, and then we don't show up and we don't actually reschedule. And we're like, well, we'll get it done later. Or maybe this email is more important. And it seems like we can rationalize our way right out of achieving our goals. And we don't really realize that's what we're doing, but that's what we're doing every time we are kind of wasting away our hours and minutes, not focusing on the tasks that will actually get us towards our goals. What do you think about maybe incorporating breaks? I mean, we talked about, you know, laying down on the couch, but, you know, again, if you have travel time, maybe travel time can be a break where it's like, hey, put on a podcast or even just put on a, put on music in the car or go take a walk. I do. And I'll be honest, like I am probably more guilty of not taking breaks than than purposely taking breaks. I do think that we feel like, oh, you know, just, you know, we don't I don't have time for a 10 or 15 minute break. But what I have found is that when I do get into that not good habit is that I can't last as long in the day. 
And then like two or three, I'm looking for something to either uh, interrupt me. I'm going to conversate with somebody. I'm not able to focus on high priority tasks anymore. Whereas when I'm regularly kind of investing in myself and taking a break, I can last more of the day or the full day and have more focus. Well, and the other key piece there is if you have taken breaks and you have stepped away and recharged, you're much more able to deal then with the interruptions or quiet the distractions so that you can get that focused work done that you've intended to do. Um, one of the tips that I, I do and I recommend for my clients is literally scheduling your lunch on your calendar. I know I use it. A lot of people use like automatic um, calendaring so people can make appointments on your calendar uh, where you have like open time. I literally block out lunchtime so nobody could possibly put a, some, uh, an appointment on my calendar during my lunchtime. And that's really helped a lot because – I may go appointment after appointment, and then all of a sudden I have this gap, and I'm like, oh, that's what it's for, lunch, let's take a break. (laughs) So that's one way that I have been able to kind of keep a consistent lunch break. What are some of the other time-blocking challenges that are out there, and you know, do you have any ideas of how we can overcome them? Time-blocking does not work for everybody, meaning they don't work it. I have some clients that work it, and it's always a work in progress. So that's what would be my tip, is that just because you work it and you create one and it doesn't work for you, don't give up on it. Tweak it. To me, it's like a document that can always be changed because you're getting feedback on what works and what doesn't work. My other advice about block scheduling is that don't put yourself on like a crash diet. It'll never last. So don't go from like no schedule to like I'm planning every, you know, minute of my day. I recommend bookending your day with like a solid morning routine and a solid evening routine for both personal and professional. And then laying in your highest priority activities. So like if your job is to bring in business, so it's lead generation, uh, that you need to do that on a consistent basis. I would say that would be your major rock or you know placeholder on your schedule in in the middle of your day for your block schedule, and then leave a lot of white space. And then all your only job is to be very consistent with those morning and evening routines, such as your five daily planning papers, such as processing your emails a certain time of day instead of checking them all day, and then getting into your highest priority activity. And then the rest can be open space. That I know my clients and most people have more success with. Once they have success with that and you feel great about it, then add more structure to it and a little more structure to it. It's not like right out of the box, you're going to have this perfect block schedule by any means. Well, that's a good way to put it, I think, is that you've got to start slowly. You've got to, you can't just expect that suddenly you're going to adhere to some schedule, especially if you've set up appointments with yourself in the past and then. Uh, stood yourself up. so Right. <laughs> and then, it, it, you know, there's no magic pill to that. Like, it comes down to discipline. Like, there's there's no magic trick that you could teach them, I can teach them. Like, if you set the appointment and you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z, and you talk yourself out of it, what is that solution? For me, the only solution that I have found that works is that you go back to, well, why is that goal even important to you? Or maybe it's not important to you, and that's why you're kind of doing this self-sabotage or you have resistance to getting that done. And then it's kind of the mindset work, and that takes productivity to a whole new level, but sometimes it boils right down to just mindset because we know what we should be doing. We just choose not to do it or we're sabotaging ourselves. 
Well, I know that our time is up now, but uh, I know that I'm going to be on your show at some point in the near future, and I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Amber, thanks for being on the show. Where can people find you? They can find me at theproductivityspecialist.com, and I also have a resource available called 10 Ways You're Screwing Your Productivity, and you can download that at theproductivityspecialist forward slash screw, S-C-R-E-W, screw. Nice. Amber, thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I always love chatting about productivity, and with you, it was an honor. I would love to hear from you about what approach to your time that you're walking away from this episode with a changed mind about. What are you pondering? What are you thinking? How are you going to approach things differently? Head on over to beyondthetodolist.com slash 166 for the show notes for this episode and let me know in the comments section. After you've done that, head on over to freshbooks.com slash to-do and enter beyondthetodolist.com in the how did you hear about us section and grab that free 30-day trial of the all-new redesigned from the ground up FreshBooks. Get organized and get paid faster using FreshBooks. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash to do and enter beyond the to do list in the how did you hear about us section. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over on iTunes. Head on over to beyond the to do list.com slash iTunes. I would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.